Welcome to the Social Lights podcast with Kate Vandervoort, where I interview changemakers and innovators on how they connect with their tribe on social media. Brought to you by Social Mediology. Welcome everyone to season three of the Social Lights podcast. I am here today with the amazing Vicky Saunders, who is the founder of SheEO, uh, a network of women focused on radical generosity. So welcome, Vicky. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So Vicky, we always start by asking, what is it that lights you up? What inspires you to get out of bed in the morning? Uh, I am deeply moved and lit up and excited by uh, people who sort of step out of their comfort zone to go and reach their dreams, whatever that thing is inside of them that's completely impossible and crazy idea. And it, why don't you just get a job? You know, like all those things that those people hear. Uh, and so to, to break through that uh, as an individual and go, no, I, there's something in me that I need to solve. I need to figure out. Uh, so I, I really, uh, I'm really lit up by people who step out of their comfort zone to go create something new. Wow, and you've certainly done that. Um, so why don't you tell us a bit about your journey up to launching CEO? Where have you, where have you come from? So way back when, uh, I grew up on a farm with three brothers and two amazing parents and uh, learned to work really hard really early. And uh, strangely enough, follow a lot of... Uh, well, actually, it was I followed leadership without instructions on how to do things as an early person. And I just keep thinking about this over and over because I was brought up to deal with uncertainty in a big way. <laughs> um, my dad was like chronically useless at giving instructions. It was all into his head and he just thought everyone knew what he was thinking. Uh, and he'd be like, go out to field four and start at the top and, you know, weed, whatever. And we'd be like walking out to the field going, where's field four? What did he mean? Where's the top? Where's the bottom? And we knew we weren't allowed to ask. Uh, so we had to like look for all these signs all the time. What might be that? Like, so we had this deductive reasoning going on all the time. Uh, and so I was I trained in this really crazy environment. My family uh, grew this property from a, a sort of traditional farm into an entertainment farm called Saunders Farm, which has been around now for 40 years. And everybody in this region uh, outside the national capital in Canada know this place. It's just a very beautiful, special family run farm. And so I grew up in a place where we would dream at the dinner table and go build it the next day. So I have a lot of practice of uh, got a vision, go try and execute on it. Oops, messed it up, take it down, try something else. And there was, there wasn't a lot of discussion around failure. It was like, Oh, let's just go the next iteration. So that's the kind of uh, environment that I grew up in that kind of stew, which is quite awesome. Um, and and then I important in today's climate. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, just unbelievably. So I feel quite comfortable in not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow because we'll figure it out. Uh, Cause I have a lot of practice figuring things out. So that, that was really formative for me. Um, and then I just didn't really see any jobs that were me. Like I couldn't imagine as I looked around and explored are those things I want to do with my life. And I ended up becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, and so I uh, have spent my whole life, really, I have only worked for my parents. I haven't really worked for anybody else <laughs> uh, over all of the years that I've been on this planet. And it's incredibly hard, I think, to be an entrepreneur, to deal with the insecurity and the not knowingness. And yet I am completely unemployable by anybody else. So uh, I started quite a few businesses. All of my businesses have always focused around uh, doing good and making money. So this sort of original uh, social entrepreneur 
And uh, I've done a lot of work with innovation, youth, uh, women, looking at it, looking at how do you create the conditions for people to thrive and to innovate and to bring out that thing that's inside of them that they want to share with the world. What are the conditions for that? And so, uh, you know, in incubators and accelerators, those are the kinds of things where they, you know, here's how you get a business scaling. But I was also very interested in what brings out the best in people in a business context. So it's it's really, I've been exploring this for decades. Uh, and I think with CEO, we have really come to this place where I've taken all the learning from all the experimenting and gone, I really believe these are the conditions to help people thrive. So it's a whole new ecosystem-based uh, approach to uh, bringing people together, bringing what their gifts are to support those with dreams who want to, who need help. Amazing. I also, most of my employment history is also with my mother. So I wonder if there's something in um, cool. working yeah. with family that turns you into being an entrepreneur and completely unemployable. <laughs> yeah, it could be, or the opposite. I mean, a ton of my friends whose mothers were uh, entrepreneurs were like, I'm never doing that as they saw their mom sort of struggle through, they're like, no, 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 I'm going to get a job. <laughs> so it's interesting to see how it influences. My six-year-old said to me today, I know you do something on the computer all day and I really want to do what you do, but I don't really know what it is. <laughs> Aww, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, I said, darling, you probably don't want to work with me when you grow up, but you never know. <laughs> um, so why did you start CEO? What was your vision when that when that came about at the inception? So, uh, you know, as a woman in the world that is not designed for women, I'll just start there. Uh, you notice a lot of things. And uh, as, on my journey as, a, as an entrepreneur, I just continuously felt like someone was telling me how I wasn't the right thing, whatever that thing was, right? We have like one very, very narrow definition of leadership. Uh, and there's one way to do things. And increasingly, in the last 20 years, I've seen this get so much worse. It's like the only way to grow a business is to raise a ton of capital, become a unicorn, and take over a whole market. Like that's the only definition that we have left, uh, as opposed to where business actually came from a couple hundred years ago, right? So it was, it's a very dramatic narrative shift and a very, very narrow definition of what is success. And that's really bothered me because I always thought, you know, how can you um, get this incredible, like see this challenge that you see in the world and go out there and solve it. And so for me, it was 2.2% of uh, venture capital goes to women. 51% of the population gets 2.2% of the capital. Wow. It's statistically impossible for this to happen. Statistically mm -hmm. impossible without massive biases existing in our structures and our systems. So starting point one, and then you're like, okay, so how do you solve that? Because it's a deep cultural embedded, the way we're brought up, it's in everything. It's not like, oh, you know, just go create the new hammer that, you know, hits the different kind of nail into the board. It's not that at all. It's like literally in everything. So it's a cultural issue. It's a behavior change issue. It's a mindset shifting process. Most people don't see uh, what those uh, issues are. Most people, you know, and as soon as you start to make men wrong about anything, you're done. If you make anyone wrong, you're done. So it has to be this whole kind of new approach. And so for about 25 years, honestly, I've struggled with how can you show, because uh, I know that you can't tell people things, you have to show it first if you're going to change. So how can you show different outcomes um, in a business environment for innovation to emerge, how can you show these things so people will change? 
because I know it's true that all of these unbelievable women entrepreneurs with their innovative ideas are needed in the world. You can't live in a world where only 50% of the population are designing all the outcomes. Like, it's just crazy. You have to uh, involve everyone if we're going to create a world that benefits all so we can all reach our potential. Um, and so it was unraveling all of those pieces. And I've experimented a ton uh, over the last 30 years. Uh, and then CEO was just like, I was mentoring this incredible young woman who had an amazing business. And I heard people saying to her the same things that I heard 20 years before. You know, this thing is going really well. And at the next round of funding, we'll probably replace you and put in someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, in, like, in other words, a guy. Uh, and, and who knows what they're doing? Like, it's a brand new thing that she's created. It's crazy. But the same thing happened to me. Uh, I got replaced in my creation. And it's, it's epidemic. It's literally everywhere. As soon as something starts to take off, women get um, pulled out. Um, and I know it's a bit of a generalization, but it is really the case almost everywhere. And so I wanted to see what would scaled up businesses run by women on their own terms look like in the world. Imagine a world where we could see all of that, where people who pay um, living wages, who have flexible work, who have zero carbon policies, who have no harassment in their organizations, uh, with awesome culture. Imagine you can run a business that way too. Not just pillaging people, working them to death, uh, and constantly kind of cut costs. Like imagine a non-extractive, beautiful way of doing business. And so CEO is, and the whole approach we're taking is a new operating system um, for all of us. And it starts with this concept of being radically generous with each other, which is what I think brings out the best in people, as opposed to, you know, putting a hammer over someone and saying, do, the, do it this way in this time on my rules. Like, good luck with that. It's created this crappy world uh, where we're just constantly extracting. And so I think we have to reimagine almost everything. And uh, CEO is this space and place for um, women innovators to apply, come into this environment, uh, on their own terms, they get funding, 0% interest loans, which they pay back over five years, and then they get hundreds and now thousands of women supporting them to grow their business, again, on their own terms, and all of us helping them on our own terms. There's no specific way to mentor, or support, or lead in this organization. Just show up fully as you, uh, and let's get on with it, and let's create the kind of world we want to. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, all before breakfast. Um, so... Wow. Um, what, what impact has CEO made so far? Because you, you started in 2015? Yeah, so we started in 2015 uh, in Canada. We're now in five countries. We've funded 68 uh, women-led ventures that are all working on the world's to-do list, which is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, because I, at this point in time with the craziness of everything, every catastrophe coming at us um, all at once. I don't understand why we would spend a single ounce of our investment on something that's not a critical priority on the globe. Like we do not need hotter, faster, cheaper pizza. Thank you very much. Which just got $750 million of funding uh, in Silicon Valley. Uh, we need to really put our capital towards the things that matter most. Or that's what I want to do anyway. I want to put my leadership and my capital towards things that are going to create a better world uh, for the generations to come. So um, what has happened so far is, first of all, like not big surprise, entrepreneurs who um, have never experienced an environment like this are completely blown away that they come in and we're like, 
we want to help you grow your business. We're not telling you what the milestones are. We're not telling you how fast to grow. We're not asking for pitch decks or we ask you 10 simple questions and then hundreds of women go online and vote for you. And then we all get behind you as customers and supporters and advisors based on our expertise and our interest in, in helping. And so that kind of space for an entrepreneur to not be isolated, to go from this place of scarcity, uh, having to constantly, am I doing it right? Is this, you know, am I doing the way they want me to, you know, to a place where who are you like act the way that works for you and we will support you that way. And you have hundreds and thousands of people on your team to help you grow your business. So this shift from scarcity to abundance, from isolation into community is I would say the most dramatic thing that's happened. Um, and so most entrepreneurs who have been through our, our uh, initiatives, if you just look at their social media, they're storytelling it all the time. This saved my business, changed my life, kept me alive. Uh, I'm an activator for life. Like these are the kinds of things that people say. Uh, and for me, I mean, I'm like healing myself through all of this. Like uh, I tend to cry a lot and I sort of joke about it in the community because I, it, I just really, every once in a while a story comes up and I just kind of lose it because it's what I experienced and we get to change that now. So in many ways, it's, it's, a, it's a healing for all of us to create a different experience for those coming after us um, and all of us who are journeying together to do this in a more human way that really, really resonates with uh, what it means to be alive on this planet. It's hard to be human. Mm. It's hard, right? There's so much going on. You have no idea what's going on in people's lives. And so what if you just did the generous thing instead of, you know, judging, criticizing, pushing back? And so, you know, every once in a while, I'll get a sort of grumpy email from somebody. And I just take a deep breath and go, what's the radically generous response? And it it melts that anger or that, you know, whatever experience is there. And it also um, allows us to just, it feels like it, uh, I feel happier when I'm kinder, kind of the strange thing, you know, but there's like a lot of data to prove it. Um, and it just like, I'm just so much more joyful uh, as a person being in a community full of people and, and being well treated. It's, it's a completely, it sounds like such a simple thing, uh, but it, it's very opposite land to a lot of the ways that we live right now. And it's lacking in so many of the systems and cultures that we're all involved in on a on a day-to-day -day basis. It's one of the things, having re very recently joined as an activator, it's one of the things that I have absolutely loved about your community is our community, now that I'm part of it. Um, Thank you. I think a lot of people talk about that reciprocity and the giving and receiving, um, and it doesn't always happen in a really balanced way, but I love the part of your model that's the ask, give, and the mm -hmm. interactions that I've had so far have always been, have all been, you know, what's an ask? What do, you, what do you need most in your life right now or in your business? And what do you have to give? And there is this real reciprocity that's happening there. Um, I, I literally joined a week ago and I already have three or four connections and meetings in my diary from people from the CEO network that were just natural connections that formed around a variety of shared interests. Um, and I think that's one of the things that you've really done well 
amongst other things in your in your community can you talk to me a bit about how you've used technology and social media to build that community and to connect your activators and your i mean often people are playing multiple roles in your community too yeah uh, yeah so i actually study computer science i love uh, using tech uh, as a tool to help things scale and to add efficiencies and make things easier and we are heavy users of technology at GEO. Uh, so on our team, uh, so we have about uh, 5,500 activators globally, 68 ventures in it. So we're the, really the fir- world's first women-led portfolio uh, working on uh, the sustainable development goals. So 68 companies that we're taking care of and supporting, as well as all these activators who all have dreams and are working on cool things too. And so behind the scenes, we use 30 different uh, microservices, so software as a service platforms like Salesforce and MailChimp and uh, Zapier uh, and Formstack and all the things. Um, to, and they're all integrated together with Zapier uh, to automate processes. So we have 15,000 uh, different automated processes going on in the back end that allow us to keep a super tiny team. We only have uh, 10 people full time on our team and a few contractors to manage all of this across five countries. Uh, and imagine like reconciling a global portfolio with bank loans are coming in every quarter. Like, so we're kind of operating a bank, we're operating a social community um, and, uh, and the whole like a business network in this, uh, in essence with this tiny little team. So it's, it's really all of us. We have to uh, provide backend technology tools for people to self-organize so that they can grow things on their own. And so we have an online community, et cetera. Uh, but social media, yeah, it's really been fascinating to watch. There's a lot of, I've seen a lot of transformation in technology over the last 30 years. Um, and, you know, people used to create Facebook apps. They, you know, destination websites were a thing. And then everyone went off and created Facebook app versions. And then they went back to destination websites again. And it's just for marketing. And so there's, all, there's been so much flow in this space. And it's been kind of the same for us witnessing all these pieces. Uh, and when the pandemic came along, we ended up uh, starting to do these weekly calls um, because people could all get online and Zoom and, and be digital. So we had already been practicing digitally, but we are now like fully into it. And we notice a lot of difference on the different plus platforms. So, you know, on Instagram, we use InstaLive to do um, video interviews with activators or ventures so that people can sort of see behind the scenes. Um, and, uh, we're not as heavy using Facebook these days as, as we were previously, but LinkedIn's huge for us right now. Um, so we do a lot of storytelling after every single um, call that we do with activators each week. We do five of those in five countries. We are storytelling what happened in those meetings online and then tagging people that were in the meeting so they can share what it was like so that other people can see what it means to be in a, a community full of radically generous women and how it can change things for you. So uh, it's it's our storytelling platform, essentially. Um, we've, we've never really played with ads in the past. We tried a few uh, recently, but we're so relationship-based. The reason people come to our community is because of a friend told them about it. And so we, we stick very much to this kind of like in-person, deep trust, existing relationships to then grow it out. Um, and we'll see. But social media is, there's like a bit of a veil with it, right? You see these things and you're like, oh, I see that stuff. But then you kind of need a person to say something to you that brings you in. Or I don't know, what was your story? How did you come into the community? Well, we often talk about at Social Mediology that um, your current 
customers, members, activators, ventures are all connected to people exactly like them. So organically, and what you're doing so beautifully is organically connecting with them and telling a story around them. So they lead you to your next best activator, venture, etc. And one of the things I loved that um, happened when I first joined was literally I reckon it was about three minutes after I signed up as an activator, I got a message from you, the founder, saying, welcome to the network. And I was cheeky enough to say, oh, I'm sending you an email. Can I interview interview you on my podcast? And then one of the other things that you do is you encourage women to list being an activator as a role on LinkedIn. And that Mm -hmm. was fascinating for me because I had probably 300 messages (laughs) saying, congratulations on the new role (laughs) yeah Um, yeah. so when you look at the reach of that um, interestingly 98% of those messages were from men um, saying congratulations on the new role and a couple of people even said oh I love the name is this a new venture that you're running and I'm like no it's not but it is a new network and it's a great way to open up a conversation because I went back and said no it's a new you know community that I'm involved in and this is what it's about Um, so that was a really interesting strategy that I hadn't seen in that context before. So I love how you did that. And for me, that's one of the things that social media can help do. Like if I sent you an email completely out of the blue and we'd had no connection, I'd just be another person making a request, but Mm -hmm. social media often cuts through those, you know, the layers and the, the red, not red tape, but the, the things that can sometimes prevent organic connections happening. Um, Yeah. Well, and I think there's something too about the, Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think there's something about the, the way the bar is set too with CEO, which is it's an $1,100 contribution for the year or $92 a month. And so you step into this community by giving first. Mm. And so I, you know, I'm contributing to the whole, I'm here to help others. Like there's a spirit within which you walk, um, which, uh, is a bar, you know, like there are lots of people watching going, Oh, I don't have the money, but like, could you help me with whatever? I'm like, well, that's not kind of how we work. This is how we do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and when that comes in, then everyone is that like, the first question is always, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. It's literally the lowest and simplest way to get started. But so many people have a barrier with money. And so part of the thing that we're doing is hoping to heal this as well and recognize that that small amount is just like, it's the door into abundance essentially. And so I, I love that you noticed that because in our, we've um, embedded all of our workflows into our Slack channel. So basically we feel the pulse of our community all day long. And so when someone activates, I get a ping immediately, we've pulled in your LinkedIn uh, into that feed in Slack. I can click on it in a second and I'm on your page and I'm like, welcome in. And I am uh, yeah, notorious for my speed of response <laughs> in our community. I get back to things. I'm just always on. It is uh, so, and so yeah, People have said that. It's yeah. So people are like, Oh my God. And then, yeah, you, you got me right away. You're like, Hey, podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, she's a new activator. I'm going to say yes. Uh, and so the, here we are like a week later, it's yeah. that easy. Yeah. Uh, and it, it takes your own, you, you invested in yourself by doing this. Right. So there's, you took a step for yourself. You selected yourself. We're not like other organizations where we tap you on the shoulder and go, Hey Kate, you can now join our special little world. It's not like that. If you want to join CEO, you can come right in. And Um, I really felt that from, from the moment that I joined was Mm. that, as you said, it's on your terms. It's, 
I really felt like I had permission to just be in that community in whichever way felt right for me. And I joined because I wanted to contribute because I heard from a colleague of mine, Irene, um, in Cairns. She'd raved about what you do. And so I joined a call just to find out what it was all about um, and, you know, was, was interested and wanted to be involved straight away. But I think one of the things, one of the other barriers that women often have is the asking for help. And it was mm-hmm. really interesting what came up for me on that first webinar where it was ask, what, what do you want to ask for? And it was like, oh, I can't ask. I'm only just joined this community. I'm not here to ask for anything. I'm here to contribute. And I really pulled myself up on it because, as I spoke about before, that reciprocity it's really clear how balanced that is in in the community Um, and I think it's fantastic to be supporting women in asking for more and taking up more space and creating what they're you know what they're really looking for in a a network and a community because it is rare well it, yeah, and I think, I mean, there's a, a really interesting way if you sort of flip around your thinking on this, which we ask people to do a lot at Shihio. Um, So you said, I, I came into this community wanting to contribute. And so the challenge here is that you can't contribute unless someone asks. Right? And so, so it's all of us are sitting here wanting to help. This is what exists every day in our communities. There are people around us who have skills that we don't, who want to contribute them because they have them in overflow. They have lots of them. Like I have a ton of connections. If somebody sends me an email and says, could you, do you know someone who does blah, blah? I'm like, yep, I do. I'll make an introduction. Here you go. But very few people ask. Mm -hmm. So I'm stuck with all these favors that I've given over the years that I don't get to cash in. Damn. Uh, And so I'm like, please ask me so I can, you know, use what I've built. And so it's the same thing here. Asking and giving, giving and receiving are the in-breath and the out-breath. And one, you know, giving all the time without receiving, which is what a lot of us do, it isn't healthy. Mm. Um, and so you, it's, it is both ways. And so, and if you don't have something to ask, that's completely fine too. It's muscle building. Like the first time someone asks, it's like, uh, would you retweet my blah, blah? And you're like, okay, is that all? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it gets deeper and you're like, uh, does some, can someone help me with my cash flow? Yeah, I'd love to, right? Not me, but lots of people do mm-hmm. uh, like to help with these things. And you start to realize there are people all around you who have every single element of things that you don't have. And imagine if they gave them freely and you gave freely what's easy for you. There's so much more ease. There's so much more abundance. There's so much more that's possible. And that's really what we see every day. Well, I ended up making my ask about podcast guests. And I think I've probably got the next 10 seasons of the podcast amazing. Yeah, you bet. within you your lie. network because you have so many amazing women with such There's amazing stories and really innovating and, and changing and working, as you say, on the, the world's to-do list. So that's exciting. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm glad for that. That's great. Um, so we always like to ask, what's your one piece of advice to other change makers or innovators? But I might change this a bit to what's your one piece of advice to women around um, investing and how they can, obviously they can become a part of the CEO network, but if they're sitting on the fence having no idea what to do and how to contribute in that way, what, what would you suggest? Um, our money uh, is a vote every time we spend our money. It's 
it's basically getting behind whatever we're spending our money on and, and saying that's okay. And so, uh, you know, I think of investment as, you know, what kind of butter do you buy? What kind of food are you buying on a regular basis? That's an investment in what's happening locally, right? We create the economy. We are the economy. And so I think, uh, you know, just regular and increased attention to what kinds of things you're supporting by where you put your money uh, is a critical, th cr critical thing. And I think we're seeing a lot, certainly during the pandemic, uh, maybe not as much where you are, but certainly in North America, this massive resurgence uh, towards uh, local uh, you know, locally based farms, supply chains have been disrupted. And so there's a real opportunity to shift how we've been buying for simplicity and ease from giant megala corporations down to, you know, local small neighbors who are doing good and reinvesting in their communities. And so I think from investment perspective, I think a lot about how we're just on a day to day living through these things. Um, and then, of course, I'm uh, pretty obsessed with capital going towards uh, businesses that are creating a better world that are not extracting from the earth, that treat people very well, that are, are paying attention to the environment in which they operate and, and really like interrogating their entire supply chain to make sure that they are working with people that fit their values. And a lot of the ventures at CEO have done even more of that uh, since the pandemic started, really questioning some of the relationships that they have like with Amazon and others um, who are, uh, really not creating the kinds of conditions that will allow us to, to build a life-sustaining society. I mean, we're on the verge of extinction with the, business, the practices that we have and we must change them. And I know it's hard, uh, but that day-to-day -day, what I can do and then spreading that onto others is the work. You know, we have to decolonize ourselves from top to bottom uh, and rethink the way that we're living uh, at this crazy time. Oh, I love that because it's so achievable. Anybody, everybody can do that and it's yeah it's a way of viewing the world because I think a lot of people when they hear investment think you have to have millions of dollars and who am I you know I don't have enough to contribute but you've made it incredibly achievable so for those who are interested in joining the CEO network what's the best way for them to get involved so reach out to Kate and ask her what it's like <laughs> uh and uh, this is, so uh, if you go to our website, sheeo.world, S-H-E-E-O.world, uh, and you click on the events tab, you can see when the next events are coming that are open. We do these Zoom calls uh, with regularity and you can come on as a guest uh, and, and truly experience what it's like. We give a bit of an intro on CEO. You hear from some ventures and what they're doing. It's always very inspiring and from activators and what it's meant to them. And then we go into breakout groups and we practice ask give in these small communities and you, you, can, you can not ask it's fine but you just come and get a vibe and you like feel what it's like uh in this kind of a community and what that might mean for uh you during these times i mean i think particularly during the pandemic it's been unbelievable to watch what's happening in our community because a lot of people are in pain um and we're all there to help so it's people looking for jobs hiring from each other supporting each other's businesses um there's that community is really needed in times of crisis. And so, you know, my number one thing is like, find a community. If it's not CEO, it's something else. Do you, this is not the time to be working alone. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that we're all at home in our houses alone often, uh, but being in a community where you can reach out and explain, like, am I the only one feeling this? Can you help me? Uh, it's really, really important to be in community because we can solve all of this together. It's just really hard to do it alone. Mm -hmm. 
Wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to share, Vicky, as we wrap up? Uh, no, thank you very much for asking because look what it did. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just really happy to meet you. So, Yeah, thank well, so thank much. you so much for your time uh, today. And I can't wait to be more involved in the community and, and see where that evolves over the next few years because it's, um, yeah, definitely a place to be uh, working on the world's to-do list. It's needed more now than ever. So thank you yes, so much, Vicky. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the Social Lights podcast produced by Social Mediology. You can connect with us on Facebook at Social Lights Podcast and you can find today's show notes and more episodes at socialmediology.com.au forward slash social lights. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast platform to receive future episodes and share with your tribe to inspire others to action.